Our podcast is intended for mature audiences. We will be using adult language and listener discretion is advised. We'd like to remind everyone that we don't have all the answers. Our discussions are opportunities for us to understand the world around us with the information that we have. That means we may say things that are inaccurate, false, or possibly offensive. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's been the regularly scheduled amount of time. Regularly scheduled amount of time. And today. And today. And today (laughs) is the day that we ride into Valhalla. And with that. Where everything is chrome. It's (laughs) Tori's episode. This is all you. Go for it. The movies. Tell us everything. And all movies. All the movies. All the movies. Past, present, and to ever be made. Future. Yo, this is the blockbuster episode. So I'm gonna start with a like awesome question for Tori. Okay. What are you gonna do for your Oscar speech? (laughs) Um, if I ever make it there, if I ever make it there, that'd be pretty cool. No, no, no. When? When? Yeah, you goddamn right. There you go. Uh, Well, if this new project goes into the Oscars, that might be pretty cool. Okay, so what's your speech, man? What are you going to say? What, you want me to say that I'm going to thank you guys? No, 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 no. no. I want to know from the inside thing in your I already know. I already know. I already know what Tori's going to say. She's going to lean into the mic, tap on it, and be like, This is the wrong Oscar. First of all, I'm not your friend, so stop looking at me. Second of all, I'm a rapper, so stop rapping at me. Oh, oh my goodness. She's going to make like the hottest meme ever and leave. And then I'm not going to drop the mic because that's very expensive audio equipment. <laughs> that's going to be her line. She's like, I've dropped the mic, but uh, I appreciate how much technology and time and money was spent to set it up. And I'd like to thank the stage crew for setting it up. You right. And, yeah. <laughs> now, Tori's yeah. going to be like, I hired somebody just to catch this mic I dropped. So, okay, there's are you ready? Are you like ready? a red like, one, pillow, two, three, three, three. Like, like drops it like six inches from the air, from the pillow. Adam, you going to be my pillow boy? I will, of course. Absolutely. Nice. With the song and crew, I'll be happy to be that pillow boy, too. Um, I would probably thank um, one of my professors. Who? Sonali Gulati. Oh, that's an Indian person. That's a this. See, see, she is in the girl. She is a so beautiful queer woman of color. Yeah. And all right. All right. I'm a beautiful queer woman of color. You are. I am now. It's on record, I guess. <laughs> it's in Believe the audio. It. It's in the audio. The it's in the archives of the internet and NSA apparently. Yeah, I would, I would thank her, I guess, friends and family. Um, I guess I have to say I have to thank God. I don't know. People don't. people get really wigged out when you don't say that. So Not necessarily. This, this on you. I mean, if people wigged out that Obama saluted with a coffee, cup of coffee in his hand, people wig out about that. So that's your moment. Yeah. Don't worry about people, yo. <laughs> don't let the best. You on that stage you when you give that speech, not people. Wait, Adam, what did you say? I said, don't let the bastards get you down. Yeah. <laughs> the illegitimate children get you down. Yeah. Don't let Jon Snow fuck I'm you. all about some fucking Jon Snow. <laughs> oh, whoa. You want to fuck right. Jon Snow? <laughs> dude, right. he came back in, the neck in this recent season. He's like, I, you know, I know, know dog. Like dude got veins and shit. You know, he's actually dating the character. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's actually dating uh, Ingrid, whatever. Ingrid. Ingrid. <laughs> Somebody knocking on the door? Stop. Some child speak for me. Fuck that. Let's song. get out of here. That's some possessed shit. Oh, there's kids. Yeah, there's <laughs> I said breaking ice again. <laughs> this is a daily, like, <laughs> weekly fucking occurrence. Asif comes in. This is a special. Can you like? Yo, this will be a segment. Watch. This will be a segment. Yeah, this is, this a, is segment. a segment now. Asif, uh, uh, we'll call it the ice tray. Ice the ice tray with Asif. So Asif, what's new today? Ice cube was cooperating today. Ice cube. So you whacked it with a hammer. What kind of hammer did you use? What model? It was a handsome. (laughs) Damn. Yo, speaking of hearing weird children and just like creepy things in general. So the uh, in in my house I have an attic that you you pull down. Say this for Halloween. Yo, it involves Halloween. So um, the attic is like a pull down ladder. And then you oh, unfold God, it no. out. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, there's more. And um, we have it open a little bit just so it's so, not so stuffy in the summertime because you know heat rises. Hey, science. Physics. Physics. Well, both. Both. <laughs> both science and physics. And so this morning, I was getting ready to to go to work. And we have this Halloween decoration where it's motion censored, where it goes off and it's like a skeleton Grim Reaper type of thing. Cool. And it goes like, doo, doo, doo. And he's like, whoa, it's just like, it's really cheesy. But I heard that go off this morning and I know no one was in the attic. And I was like, I'm not going to do this white shit and check it out. I'm just going to go straight to work. <laughs> <laughs> if something happens, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this white shit. I'm just gonna go to work. <laughs> I'm gonna make some money and be a. That's how you know you're from Richmond. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna bills. I'm gonna learn from my ancestors' mistakes. <laughs> the grind. I'm good. So, is this all part of your Oscar speech? <laughs> I'd like to thank oh the skeleton. Just take this episode, this episode with you, and be like, y'all should check out Obvious Podcast. They put me on. <laughs> <laughs> So hey, shout out, uh, uh, no, follow me on SoundCloud, guys. I'm a SoundCloud stage. Follow me on SoundCloud, uh, Vimeo, uh, Instagram. Follow me on Mars. All right, everybody ready? <laughs> Top five favorite movies. Asif, you get to go first. Why? I'm like very much in the middle of this circle. <laughs> Asif, you go first. You're the first one. Go. Why? Um, top five movies. So I actually don't know what, if this is in any particular order, but I really enjoy uh, the Prestige. True, it's one of my faves. Um, I had a really tough time naming top five movies because I have a lot of really good favorite movies. Okay, I, I'll name one of my favorite directors. Uh, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. I think it's also just kind of his, just the way he produces movies and puts them together in terms of telling a story and articulating it the proper way. It's something that I admire very much. So, Kev. Um, so do, do you think he's in the dream? Or is he out of the dream? I think he's... I think he's in the dream. It wobbles. I know. I think he's in the dream. Oh, it's the ring. God damn it. You didn't look at his hand when he flicked the thing. Sure. It's the ring. Yo, man, I saw this trash-ass post of... Imagine it's the end of Inception, but with a fidget spinner instead. And oh, I almost cringe. 
cringe. Oh I did cringe. I almost cried. Oh my god, why? <laughs> Dude. Oh, I saw um, The Matrix on Netflix uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I really wanted to watch is it. Is it on now? It's oh, on yeah. Netflix yeah. now. Oh, yes. is it really? For all of our it listeners, is. The all Matrix is on Netflix. You can watch it. Is it all three? No, no. The, the Matrix. The one, the first. Just the first one. But yes. So, Prestige... You said a director, yeah, but you need four more. Films. I need to. I know. I, I and I'm trying to narrow them down in my head. How about recently? Just whatever you watched recently. So I watched uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was a good mix of you know uh, humor and uh, just a good. He was a. I think he was the guy that was meant to be Spider-Man, not Tobey Maguire. Horn. Yeah, not Tobey Maguire. Because the thing with Tobey Maguire is he wasn't nerd like nerdy like a uh, high schooler enough. You know, forty. Yeah, exactly. like, like a forty-year-old serial killer. Yeah, exactly. He just what and Tom Holland fit, fit the character perfectly. Uh, he just was really um, kind of like this nerdy high school kid. Seemed like he you could relate to him because he was like kind of the way he enacted or portrayed the character. I thought he did it very well, and he did it kind of in like a very um, almost comical way that like everybody that went to high school in this country understands. Yeah, but that's how what the character should be in the first place. He's supposed to be exactly you know, like witty, quippy. You know, he's supposed to have those antics about him, and right. that's what was not portrayed in the earlier ones. Agreed, agreed. No, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Tom yeah. Holland was the perfect character for yeah. it. Uh, and then I saw a recent movie. So I'm really into like the true stories, but like the business side. So I, I watched the movie this weekend with my dad. It's called The Founder. And uh, it's on, it's, no, it's on Netflix, and I, I think you might not have heard of it. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's uh, with Michael Keaton. He's the main character, and essentially, what it's about is it's about McDonald's and how it was founded. And it was talking. It's talking about Michael Keaton portrays the character. So the way McDonald's was founded, right? It's not what McDonald's is today. So the way yeah. McDonald's was founded was like a very family friendly. Uh, not saying that it isn't mom right now, by the way. Very business. mom, yeah, yeah mom yeah, type yeah, yeah. type business. What it's all because of Ray Kroc. That least Really? Say it again. It's all it's all because of Ray Kroc that yeah. bastard. And so what Michael Keaton, the character Michael Keaton portrays is Ray Kroc. Who's this guy who ends up so two brothers start at McDonald's, right? Ray and Dick McDonald. Um <laughs> funny. But Too so easy. they so they started off McDonald's in San Bernardino, California. Yeah. And then what ended up happening was this guy named Ray Kroc, according to the movie, like I said, I need to read, read up and do my own research on this. But according to the movie, this guy named Ray Kroc comes up and essentially wants to franchise the model that they've created because the way they created the model was all based off like scientific, geometric kind of layout of the store. They like precisely, the way the McDonald's did it was they precisely redesigned the kitchen from like the way that normal eateries of that type, like hamburger joints back in the day, were built they were all drive-ins so essentially what they did was remodeled it completely so that they took out the drive-in model they narrowed the menu down to three items hamburger fries and drinks and then they like um did it to precision so essentially people were accustomed to ordering something and then coming back like 20 minutes later to get their food what they did was made cut that model like in third, in, like yeah, he in had a fraction yeah it, i mean essentially you were getting your meal in like 30 seconds yeah. And so Ray Kroc wanted to franchise that model. And so he, they got into some sort of contract and that, that contract gave him a very small portion of the company. And then after that, essentially they got, um, he got carried away, ended up carrying the business and doing something crazy with it. And he didn't follow the, the standards upon which, like he was a very standard oriented guy, but he didn't actually do it the way that 
he was supposed to be uh, doing it according to the McDonald's. And so there was a lot of pushback, and then he eventually ended up taking the whole business over, and he, he kind of screwed the fucking McDonald's. So. Yeah. It's a really interesting movie. I highly suggest you guys watch it, especially if you're into business. But oh, for it's, sure. Uh, it's kind of slow. It's not very, like, you know, action-packed by any means, but it's a cool movie to watch. Cause I'm I watch it's like a biopic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Keaton does a good job portraying that character. Man. I feel uh, fucking terrible at McDonald's, man. by the way. Yeah. You think about it, and you're like, you look at McDonald's, what they're like today, and you're like, wow, shit. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. Say that a little louder. I haven't Keaton, seen Michael Keaton's the best Batman. Ooh, that's a debate that we could get into. No, I just wanted to see Adam's face explode. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing that like that Joker face. cringe. So what else, <laughs> so the founder, the Prestige. Those are I will the movies say, that I've seen recently. Okay. I will say I will say uh, to piggyback up Austin's point. I haven't seen the founder. Yeah, I haven't seen the founder, but I've read like Fast Food Nation and a couple of other books on the history of McDonald's. And so what he said is fairly accurate. Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc is, it, is uh, pretty scummy towards the end of his relationship with the McDonald's he's brothers. Such a fucking dick, dude. Is it a Netflix original sponsored? That's movie? a good question. I don't think it is, but I think no, no, it was close enough. It's it's it was playing in actual theaters. Oh, um, really? okay. See, I should have. I didn't even notice. But it's a it's a good movie. It's worth a watch. Okay. So highly recommend you guys good go check show. it out. Yeah, I just love biopics like that. I think it, they're super interesting. I've always been into that stuff. Like I, lo- I used to love this miniseries. It's called The Kennedys. Yeah. And it was a reenactment. Of the was Kennedys. that on Hulu? Yeah. Uh, no, it was on Netflix. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was really good. It was, oh, with uh, it was talking about Jackie Kennedy and all that, right? It, it was no, that's Jackie. That's Jackie. Oh, that's okay, Jackie. No, I'm sorry. Uh, no, this one's specifically on the Kennedys. And it's like a six-part miniseries. It was really, really good. And I think I don't know if Netflix still has it or not, but if it does, you guys should do it. Check it out. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the Kennedys. So. Yeah. And there's this new movie coming out in November. Uh, LBJ. I really want. I'm really Ooh, looking forward I to that. See that. Yeah, um, Killing Brandon. Kennedy was filmed here, or most a lot of it was. Oops. Killing Kennedy. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of um, when I was working on a forty-eight hour film festival weekend, um, a lot of the crew members just came off of that. So this was oh, a few shit. years ago. Yeah, that's sweet. That's great to see. I want to go see that in the theater. I saw. I saw your movie. Oh, thank you. Have you guys um, seen Iron Jawed Angels? No. What is that about? Um, well, it's, it's about women's suffrage, so it's another biopic, but there's a scene, um, that's kind of in front of the mayor's office where there's reporters and they're trying to, uh, get questions out of the suffragettes, but it's in front of the science museum. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of, uh, movies that are like, kind of like that, I, it's not really a movie, but I want to see The Handmaid's Tale. That's I've heard that's so good. I've heard it's amazing. I've heard the from my show, friend that's that... That's the show. Yeah. Okay. yeah that's right. what I said. Yeah, yeah, The hand, The Handmaiden's Tale. Handmaiden. Not The Handmaiden. That's a little different. Uh, the Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've really... I've heard wonderful things about it. My friend is... Uh, when I told her that I hadn't seen it yet, she almost slapped me. She's like, you need to see that. That is your shit. Right. Like, when <laughs> you told me you didn't see John Wick... I wouldn't have slapped you. <laughs> but you almost did. Oh, also sold me out on that one. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. He kept it, it was needed. No, he kept it real is what he did. Needed. I think John Wicks has gotten an honorable mention in the last four consecutive episodes. <laughs> if not mentioned. Let me tell you what my favorite movies are. John Wick one through One through the next eight that they make. Hopefully. Um. Okay. And so these aren't all movies. 
That's okay. That's okay. Look, I, I'm obsessed with the show Narcos. I, I, really? I, I haven't watched the second season. Really? Not yet. I, okay, so... It's I'm, really good, though. Yeah, I need to listen to some, like, 90s mafioso rap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be totally down with that. i fuck with yeah. it completely. Because something I've noticed more and more is I'm really uh, fascinated by the drug trade. Like, just the drug trade in general, I think, is very, very it's interesting. Cool. I'd love to go work for the DA, DEA at one point. I think that'd be really, really interesting. Um, but for some reason, I love Pablo Escobar. And just, like, I love seeing how folks like him are made. Meaning, come from the slums, really end up becoming this like mafioso through community building. Yep. It's like crazy, like engineer to be this person, right? Like yeah. a community lifts you up and sees potential in you, and then makes you that person. But obviously, there's other things that filter into that. But Narcos, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, it is, in my opinion, one of the best TV shows I've ever ever seen. Yeah. Just the way it's produced, the way that the story is told, the integration of old facts and pictures. I mean, it's just really, really well they done. They use like found, uh, not found footage. Um, archival. Archival. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love shit like it's that. It's really cool. It's really good. If you I, haven't seen it, it's I just agree. amazing. I actually heard mixed things about it. Um, mm. So that, so that makes me, makes makes me more inclined to watch it because yeah. you're, because you're swearing on it. Yeah, I, I really. And you yeah. have good taste. I, I appreciate that. No, I'm serious. Like, I, uh, I just can't speak enough good things. I, about I, ba- it. I back you up on that. It's, it's really from the one season that I did watch. It was. I would say it's better than House of Cards, and I love House of Cards. I agree. Ooh. I'd agree yeah. with that. It's more enticing than House of Cards. More, it's more like, uh, it's more fast-paced. Oh, uh, oh, I can see that. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And it's violent as hell. It is very, right. it's very explicit. Yeah. I love it. How many, so how many Soggy Mangoes would you give it? I'd give it a very, if not five, very close to it. Like okay. maybe 4.5 to 5, somewhere in that range. Okay. I, mean, I, I can't tell you enough. It's probably one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. 4.75. There you go. It's up on my list. Yeah, I mean, I true. It. yeah, It's just so well. And the new season comes out September 1st. So I'm really excited about that. So that's four things. It's four, four things. Um, and then... See, you guys will spark new conversations. Like, that sparked up a conversation mm-hmm. in my head. So I can't think of it now, but when you guys talk about it, I'll mention it. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. What about you? Let's go with you. Okay. Since this okay. is you. Um, so five movies? Five movies. Or TV shows. Or five, you can do five and five if you can think of them. Five TV shows, five movies. If you can, think of them. If not, that's cool. Okay. I'll try. Number one. Number one. Um, same thing with Asif. Not necessarily in this order mm-hmm. type of thing. A movie that's really near and dear to my heart is Back to the Future. Mm. The classics, Yes. Right? Yeah. There's something about the classics. Like the first and second and then third we appreciate type of thing. Uh, or we tolerate, but <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It was the movie that really sparked me to get into science fiction. Mm. So it's, it's, it, it's not, I don't know, in the criterion collection or anything, but it's, it's very personally one of my favorite movies mm. because of that. Um, cause that led to, that actually led to star Wars and star Trek for me, to be right. honest. Um, Ooh. And and Doctor Who and all that stuff. Um, I would also say Pacific Rim. Yeah, really interesting. I absolutely love that movie. Like wow. John Wick. It's almost on the level of John Wick. 
I don't I don't boast yeah. about it a lot because I don't want to nerd out too much. But <laughs> I was should. so pleasantly surprised by that movie, and I love Guillermo del Toro as a director nonetheless. Mm. He does excellent excellent work. I mean, you can just mention Pan's Labyrinth, and everyone's like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, but man, like nothing's better than giant monsters fighting alien yeah. creatures, you know. Ben, I feel like really guilty for saying that I haven't seen yet. It's okay. I can forgive you. Damn. Um, but one of the one of the other or a couple of things why that is one is because spoiler alert they don't kiss in the end and I'm so happy about it. In Pacific Rim. Yes. You know who else is in that movie that makes it good? My boy Jax. Charlie Day. Charlie yeah. Day was and, Charlie Hunnam. And Charlie Day was also very good in that movie because Charlie Day was in it. Yeah, he was the I'm other scientist. Charlie Hunnam. I'm well, really then him too. But I'm talking names. about Charlie Day. I'm really bad with actors' names. Charlie actors Day is actors. from It's Always Sunny. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Horrible bosses. Bruh. I'll show you. He pictures. talks like this, and he's like really spastic. <laughs> <laughs> God, we're gonna start making you do Charlie work. Like I said, I'm really, really bad at actors and actresses. Have you seen Sons of Anarchy? Is he uh, that? No, but I was gonna tell him the other Charlie at least. Uh, I was about to say I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember him. You know, with you saying these movies, another one that comes to my mind uh-huh. movie is uh, No Country for Old Men. That Yo, is a good one. Word. Nice choice. Yeah. Oh. Charlie okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, he's in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So he's known for more comedy, but this is a little more of a serious, and I quote, serious role, just because it's not like. Dick jokes and all of sunny. And he was really good in that too, and I and I appreciate that. And then this is the other guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the brother, right? Yeah, he's yeah, the he's yeah, the, he's the main guy. Yep. Um, I would also say the Cornello trilogy. What is that? Um, so Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, oh. and this is the end. Uh, um, or the world's end. Excuse the, me. I Those are two different. Heard they were gonna make a Shaun of the Dead two. I did not hear that. Don't know if this is true or not. Okay. But I have heard rumors that that is a thing that's going to happen. Interesting. And that they're going to make it with, they're going to make it like a shitty thing for vampires. In the board. Nice. Because yeah. they're going to do like, they're going to try to bring vampires back with it. That's so yeah. Edgar Wright though. And yeah. <laughs> so I've, that's what I've heard. I don't know how accurate that is. How do you guys feel about zombie movies though as a whole? Like zombie movies. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, speaking of Edgar Wright, though, his recent movie, Baby Driver, is also very good. I want to see that. Um, I was talking to one of my other really good film friends, shout out PJ, um, about the movie. And he actually... Famous. He actually moved to Atlanta, so he, he wasn't there while it was being filmed or anything like that. I mean, we were talking about it, and he he had he felt a certain type of way about it, and I and I feel a certain type of way about it. Um, That's a heist movie, correct? Yeah, it's basically a heist movie with a killer soundtrack that was literally written into the script. Wow. Yeah, and everything was shot in accordance to the music. So instead of in post production where you edit the scene and cut with the music. The in in actual production, the scenes were filmed while the music was playing. Yo, that's cool. It's really cool, and and gunshots go off at at points and cuts and, and beats of the song. Right, right, right. And there's and yeah, and there's this really cool scene with Harlem Harlem Shuffle, um, where lyrics 
were, are appearing in the background as graffiti while the main character is oh. going to get coffee. And it's all a long shot. It's all one shot, one take. And it's awesome. So from a filmmaker standpoint, it's very, te it's technically very, um, it's awesome. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It is technically. I mean, that makes it super unique, right? Is it, are there, how many other films, I'm not saying you know this off the top of your head, but I wonder how many other films have been done that way. Uh, boy, as far as like singular scenes, like one shot scenes. I've never heard of, or at least of a popular movie that has shot to the music in production and not in post. Mm -hmm. Specifically, but yeah, long takes and long shots are used in a lot of, um, a lot of movies. Definitely with, um, with Old Boy, especially, and that director, um, with that style. director, that's his style. He he also did The Handmaiden, which is also very good. What? Says shout out Park. Wu Tang playing in on the public. He also did The Handmaiden, which was really good. And two more. Two more. Unless you're counting the Edgar Wright trilogy as three. No, like I won't. I won't count. Yeah, I won't count. That's that like as one. one. We'll count that as one. Yeah, we'll count that as one. So you got two more. Two more. Um, not I. One movie that's recently becoming my favorite is Moana. Hmm. I have yet to watch it. It's a thing. I'm gonna watch it this week. I don't know, man. Did you see it? I did see it, and I like it, but it's not my favorite. I understand that. I love Zootopia. I love Secret Life of Pets. That one was okay. That one looked good. Really? Well, you know what's a good was animated a, movie? It was like a good heartfelt. You yeah, know yeah. what's a good animated movie? What? Sausage Party. Okay. So, <laughs> next. Is that two. even out? Oh, it's, it's been, been out, out for a while. It's on Netflix, though. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know. Actually, continue. Um, and why, and I, why I say it. that? I respect it. No, yeah, me too. Yeah. I I know some people who don't really, they're very um, aloof about it. They don't really care. I just find it very refreshing from just white on white Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's it's definitely a breath of inclusive fresh air. Agreed. In that sense, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Also, speaking of Zootopia, I watched this uh, theory online. It's been, it's been out for a while, but it alludes to the CIA uh, infiltrating crack cocaine in poor neighborhoods. It's an allegory for that. With the what? night howlers. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it too. Damn. But then they're, they're shout out to also, Game Theory. Yeah, but people were also like, oh, <laughs> there's like discourse because of like Asians or something like that, right? Like the rabbits are like Asian people, or like there was some sort of weird discourse about I don't know, I fucking read it on Tumblr somewhere. Uh, that might have been for the Guardians too. No, no, no. Because no, no, I, no. I had discourse about that one. I had I haven't seen Guardians two, so I would not know. There is an Asian stereotype in there, of hmm. English, and a very submissive Asian woman. Being like a, not servant, but someone who helps out the, like a nurse, like a like a caretaker. But um, but yeah, I I saw that and I was like, oh good, I'm glad we're we still want to include that in. That's cool. I love when people go dig real deep into like the the cartoon movie stuff. I like respect that it's cool. Like even you can find a little different connections. And I'm sh I'm not even sure if you know the the producers and developers even think about that, but it's still cool to. I'm sure yeah. there is some thought of. Uh, you know, I mean, what different messages you would say? I don't know. I I'm glad that they inc they included, you know, more 
not white actors, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but I that yeah that rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that, and and speaking of that too, there I mean there's still not anymore because it's been out for a few years, but with Cloud Atlas there was there was a huge controversy with that because there's technically yellow face happening and black face, but it's also happening in the other way around too. But the whole point of this of the movie was everyone being reincarnated into different genders and ethnicities. So instead of using CGI per se, or per se or a different actor, they used the same actor and put them in prosthetics as the other race. But that, I feel like that makes sense for the type of movie that it's trying to be. Exactly. It makes sense for what it's... So I don't think that, like... I feel like you're trying to make discourse where it doesn't need to be. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing of technically uh because if, if the point that? of the movie is to create people with different genders and different races and like and you're trying to use the same actor like this is what they start as and like this is what they're going to look like then that's the point of that like there's you exactly. don't need to make discourse for that that's that's like unnecessary yeah they're not disrespectfully putting on yellow face yeah. or black face or red face even yeah actually um, that's just you know just yeah. for shits and gigs it's supposed to be for the story but some people were sensitive about that, and I can I can definitely I I can understand that from just years and years of ridicule. Type I was of thing. actually watching an interview with um, Jamie Fox. I think he was on the Joe Rogan Experiment on his podcast. Experiments, whatever. <laughs> um, I'd say fight me, Joe Rogan, but he probably kicked my ass. So I welcome you to this podcast for a fun shit talking. Um, but he interviews Jamie Foxx and he talks to Jamie Foxx about how um, like he's making a new movie or whatever. He's doing like a little promo and he's making like a new comedy movie and it has uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it. And they're talking about how everything is becoming more and more sensitive. Like he's like, it's hard to be a comedian, comedian when everything's becoming more sensitive but it's also more fun because it makes it harder to make people laugh. He's like, so the way you make someone laugh is like a puzzle now. So he was like appreciating the fact that it was being more sensitive, but he was also like, I'm having Robert Downey Jr. in my new movie play a guy that's a Mexican. He's like, and I asked Robert, he's, I was like, are you okay with this? He's like, yeah, dude, I played a black guy. In yeah, Robert I was just Sunday. about to say it. And, yeah. and, and I thought Jamie Foxx, and, huh? I thought that's what it was a play off of. Yeah, and, the fact that and, it, it, and, and that was the thing though. He went. Uh, he was talking about how he called Robert Downey Jr. up, and he said, "Hey, uh, would you be pl- willing to play a Mexican guy in my new movie?" And Robert Downey Jr. was like, "You know, he's like, are you sure that's okay nowadays? Like, you know, like I know we did Tropic Thunder, but like, you sure people aren't going to take it the wrong way?" And like, he was very like, "Is this okay to do now?" And yeah. Jamie Foxx was like, "Fuck it, I don't care what you do, dude." He's like, and he asked Jamie Foxx, he's like. Were you offended by Tropic Thunder? He's like, no, I thought it was funny as fuck. He's like, I wish you would do more. <laughs> Jimmy Fox so, is a really like, cool dude. Jimmy he Fox is, but is like, dope but that's the thing though, like, not just because of that, but I mean, it, in general, it also proves a point that like you can make anything funny if you do it correctly. One of I those think things. Comedy is one of those like very few, very few fine gray areas where you can just push the edge enough where yeah. you're like, yeah, this is funny. But like a little bit further, and you might be causing some problems. Well, you yeah. saw what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Kathy Griffin. 
when she mm, did that thing, the beheaded, the beheaded Donald Trump uh, joke, ad or whatever yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. So she. Oh, you hear that? It was a pretty big story for a yeah, while. Yeah. So Kathy Griffin, um, the redhead, the gay redhead that hosts the New You've Year's, seen her before. The New Year's thing with Anderson Cooper. Oh, the one I was trying to make out with uh, Anderson Cooper at midnight. Yeah, but they're both gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Um, so she made the a ta- an ill-tasteful joke, I guess, or, in, or image of a beheaded Donald Trump. Um, it was, no, no what, it was him. It wasn't the son, right? No, it was him. It, it was no, him. That was, yeah, the son was from an SNL writer. Yes. Yes. Um, and people got, got a little... Got got felt a certain type of way of it, and now she doesn't. She's not going to host the New Year's thing anymore. Mm-hmm. She yeah. got fired. On top of that, she also got a lot of pushback from it. I mean, like people yeah. were really upset with it. I mean, and uh, giving her death threats and doing all these types of things. And you know, it's an interesting point of conversation. I think you know you talked about pushing the gray area. Is that too far? No, definitely not. It ain't no gray area. It's free speech, I think. No, no. And see, that's that's what Jamie Foxx was saying. He's like, but how can you tell me that I'm not allowed to spit something on the stage when I, when it's my set? Yeah. Like, it, it comes to that point. Like, that's why I feel like Dave Chappelle's newest uh, stand-up I saw that. It was so controversial. And like, people were so upset about it. I mean, I mean Dave Chappelle, though. Exa- but why Dave Chappelle's been pushing those boundaries for years. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Now. Just like everybody talks about free speech, but free speech literally just means that like the government can can't punish you for saying whatever you want. It doesn't say anything about private entities doing that. Right, exactly. That's that's the same thing. That's the thing. So it's like it's whatever private overarching umbrella thing you are with. If they don't like what you're saying, they'll mix you. Even if you have the ability to say whatever you need in the public setting, the government can't do anything. And- but you sign yeah, contracts with right, companies right, for right, a reason. Right, exactly. The problem that I have with... I don't have a problem with necessarily the free speech argument, but it's not like she was getting legal ramifications for it. She wasn't in trouble with the law. Yeah, she didn't violate of the law. She just got a lot of pushback for it, and that's, you know, that's free speech in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm just saying, uh, you know, people have the right to... And her losing endorsements and contracts, I mean, that sucks, but that's a private corporation's... Um, that's their... That's their call. It's ironic that she got a lot of pushback for something that others, like, if it were, if some situations were flipped, would probably say, why are you making a big deal out of it? But I'm not going to sip that tea today. Well, no, the thing is, I, I, I agree with that because then, because then control it, it, your toes, it, toes, it toes the line of, well, is it free speech or hate speech? Because then people get super butthurt about that. No. It's true. Right, right. And Depending, what would it be hateful towards the whole United States? Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what, and that's what Adam was saying, you know, like, if it were on the other end of the spectrum, people would be like, it's not that bad. Well, think about it. If Barack Obama's, the president, Barack Obama's... If someone did that to Obama, Obama, the same people that voted Trump into office would be like, that's not a big deal. He probably deserved it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just a few people being butthurt. I mean, it's almost bad enough that they depict him as a monkey in, like, national news outlets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's even worse. Yeah, they they dehumanized him, but it was just like, nah, he's like this guy, and it's terrible. That's worse. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's, that's I mean, a difference. That like, shit was published in newspapers. No, no, I agree, yeah. but I'm just saying that, like, it's up there. Having somebody dead and having somebody compared to an animal is one. Is different. Well, it's also like the context in which why they're comparing 
the black president with an animal that happens to be a monkey. No, I'm yeah, really- it's it's the idea that if it was, it, I personally think that if it was like, a, if it was a black person who was beheaded and stuff like that, people would say like, it doesn't really matter. It was the fact that it was, it was the fact that it was like a white rich American. Like, you know, there it is. Oh, you're depicting like one of my kind as dying when other people who are not me are dying all over because of circumstances I create. And now like I'm going to invoke the special snowflake rule where, you know, the idea of safe spaces and being able to say things with consciousness. No, I don't want that. That's not important. But when that finally something is like a negative affront to you and your demographic, you find the need for that. Like, oh, no, like, that's not right. You shouldn't be able to say that. Like, that's the problem I have. It's hypocrisy. If you're going to ride this, the free speech pony, like, go all in. Yeah. No, you can't you're just, right. You're right. You're right. But the problem, so not to get off too off subject, but since we're on this subject, that's why I have such a problem with this whole Colin Kaepernick issue, is that this dude just it literally expressed his right to do what he felt was the right thing to do. And he's getting such pushback from it. And on top of that, it's this is still, this is like a year later. And on top of that, NFL teams don't want to sign him because they think he's going to be problematic. Well, just because the dude literally... Let's let's take that into a more NFL scope and also look at the fact that he had a shit season last year. No, agreed. But I think I think that has more to do with it than I understand that there is a a public image of him. But I also believe that it has more to do with the fact that he was sh- shitty. I think last it's year. compounding. I don't think he was that bad of a player. He isn't. He's and, not. And he wasn't the rookie year last season. Look at his stats. He was I, shitty. He was in the top fifteen. No, no, but he's also in a really shitty system. There's no excuse for RG3 to have a contract and not Colin Kaepernick. Right. Well, on top of that, I can name RG3 five. RG3 is a four-string quarterback. I can name but he five still has a starting contract. quarterbacks in the NFL currently that he could replace. Easily. Right. So that's true. Easy I mean, argument, that's though. That's true. Like, and so, like, but anyways, that's besides the point. I just was pointing out the fact that he stood yeah. his ground and expressed his freedom of speech. But on top of that, he's getting pushed back from it because it's not what everybody wants to hear. Yeah, he's getting punished for the very thing that he's getting punished for the very thing people advocate for. Exactly, and that's the thing. It's like corporate Jim Crow. Exactly, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it says. It's like the status quo. When you have the leader of the quote-unquote free free world saying in a speech to the public the reason the end of nobody in the nfl is signing colin kaepernick is because they don't want an angry tweet from me donald trump like come on you know it contributes that's crazy he, he said that in a legitimate speech it's ridiculous i'm not surprised though we've heard worse but, so my favorite movies hold, hold on but speaking of inclusiveness <laughs> thanks speaking for including of, me in this speaking of inclusiveness my fifth choice would be star trek the more emphasis on the original series since that kind of started everything mm. um, and why I say that over Star Wars for a variety of different reasons because they are not the same and they are not comparable if you actually watch both of them they really are Adam will agree with me because we've had this conversation as well um, the whole point of Gene Roddenberry's vision is for an inclusive future and it has more inclusiveness and more um, ra- and racial inclu- inclusiveness and also female as well than a lot of shows that have been. And granted, it's from the late 60s, so it's still got the like, oh, damsel in distress type of shtick type of thing. But I mean, there's literally an episode on pro-life versus pro-choice and Captain Kirk is pro-choice. 
So do not tell me that he's a womanizer. I will fight you, everybody, to the day I die. And that was said in 1967. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like Hollywood in general, like filmmaking and stuff, has always been more liberal than a lot of the rest of the country as far as uh, political climate goes. Uh, because, oh, yeah. uh, and the biggest well, the example, the biggest example I can come uh, come up with, like to your point, is MASH. Yeah, and MASH too. Excellent so, example. That's like, that show was so ahead of its time that they had to change the entire subject of the show because the government was like, you can't do this. And we talked about this, uh, yeah. yeah, too. Yeah. With the whole like, laugh track. The whole, well, yeah. Well, as one the, thing. The whole laugh track and also the fact that, so initially when MASH was created, uh, the show is supposed to be about Vietnam. They, Hollywood was told, whoever the producers or whatever, they were told, you can't make this about Vietnam, you have to make this about the Korean War. So it's further back in time. Because it came out... It's not recent. Around, yeah, it's not recent. It's not contemporary. So they had to move it back. Because when that show came out, it was during and around as Vietnam was wrapping up. And that's the whole reason, like, if you watch that show and you remove all of the laugh track, that show is, like, completely different. It's like so serious, yeah. mm. and it's just like it's a, it's essentially a sitcom. It's a thirty minute episodic show. I've never watched this show before, but I'm really intrigued by what you say. I want to check it out. That show, like, that's so, probably in in. So that's in your top five. It is absolutely in my top five. Mash is probably. You don't have to rank. I'll say that. You're so funny. It ties. Do this. Burn notice. You tie. Always oh. do this. <laughs> Fight me. It ties burn notice know, for first compelled, place. Compelled to put something in order. I got it. I got it. I got to I got to categorize. It's like my nature. I got to like make a hierarchy. I was in the caste system. I got to do it. My people invented it. Actually, caste system wasn't in India. The British people actually made that. I know. Oh, for research. Real? Oh yeah. my goodness. The caste system actually is like not a thing. Because but... Britain invaded every fucking country. Yeah. Remind me again. Remind me again. <laughs> no. Um. Anyway. You're right, though. Faisal, what's your top five? I <clears throat> No order, and uh, it, this is always changing, which is why I don't do a lot of lists. Are you including, I'm sorry, are you including TV shows also, or just movies? Uh, just movies for okay, now. Okay, cool. Um, Legend of the Drunken Master 2. So, My dude. Yeah. True, true. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about the American dubbed. The, I'm talking about the Chinese the, yeah, one. Yep. The one that's actually in reverse order from the American variant. The one it's supposed to be. Yeah, the yeah, one that you yep. can't can't find on DVD here in the, in the States. I first saw it at the age of like maybe four or five yep. on VHS with the, with the subtitles. And um, that's what got me into martial arts flicks. It introduced me to um, Jackie Chan and um, just Kung Fu in general, just really rapid... You know, fighting styles and acrobatics, parkour, all of that. I just was so fascinated, blown away by it as a kid. Um, the first Exorcist, 73, Ooh. from like 73. Yeah. That, one, that one got me into horror. I watched that at a young age. And um, just, I didn't see the version with like the backwards spider crawl up and down the stairs. Those were like bonus scenes in the DVD release, but I never saw that one. But I remember that movie just scaring me so much as a kid. And 
I think all of the movies on my list revolve around some kind of personal memory. I think the memory is what makes it like yeah. part of my list. Agreed. So, so the, style, never, the style yeah. is definitely important. Yeah. We so like the categories. Too, yeah. For sure. Um, and that got me into it, and I just you know, it, it just got my imagination just going wild. And I remember seeing it with my cousins and and my mom, and it was one of like the first memories of watching something like as a family together, like in the dark and. You know, so that was a lot of fun. Um, the first Pokemon movie, when yes. that came out, that was a huge deal Bruh. for me. Brother, my, my brother. My yeah. brother, my brother. That was a huge deal because, man, the promo for that movie was huge. It was Yo, so, it was so, so it was high. So it was so big. I was yeah. rocking Pokemon shirts. Everybody Burger was. King had their own limited edition yes, cards. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and then going to the theater and getting the gold plates, that was such a huge deal for me. I protected that like it was a gem. Yeah. I still have yeah. mine. I had it like I had it in a shrine, like in everything. It was <laughs> it was cool. Um what's that? Four? That's three. Um, that's three. Um I'll take it a little more recent, straight out of Compton. I was really impressed by that movie. Same. Um, I was really, impressed by the accuracy yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Really loved that movie. For the culture. For yes, sure. Yeah. Um for my last one, I don't know, man. It's kind of a toss-up. But again, I'm not thinking too hard about it. I'm thinking either the first Power Rangers movie or the first Mortal Kombat. And I don't know Yo. if that's, that's, that's in That's a good... Yeah. That's a good... That's, yeah. That's a good yeah. split. That's, that's a good, good split. split. Yeah. Shout out to, like, definitely being a 90s kid. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Honorable mention is... Um, Back to the Future. One of my favorite movies of all time as well. So, True. Yeah, but... I got a lot on my list, but without thinking too hard, I'd probably say those are it. Word. Yeah. Word. Can I tell you a movie that, uh, that I just thought of that I really liked and enjoyed? The Burbs. Did you ever see that? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors of all time. I'm not, no. I think he's everyone's favorite actors. He's, he's a cool dude. He's, he's a, a really cool, just, chill guy. I met him in person, so one day when I was uh, doing my job, and... Uh, oh, when he came to Richmond? Yeah, I, I was doing my job and staffing a person. And um, when I was staffing the person, he was meeting with Tom Hanks. And so I got to see like Tom Hanks being like Tom Hanks, but not on camera or in, like, in front of her or anything. <laughs> and he is legit the same person he is in, on camera as he is in person. Like, legit the same person. I was like, wait, I've heard this line before. <laughs> what? Cool, your wait, what? Uh, man, Damn, bro. The Burbs. Go check it out. It's really good. It's an older, older movie. It's yeah. like when he's younger. So. Adam, what's your top five? He was, a, he was good looking when he was younger. Yeah. Uh, he's good looking now. Good. He's good looking. Look very good looking now. Uh, okay, my top five in no particular order. Uh, Gladiator. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, one of the best That's definitely first. Time. Gladiator was good. Uh, it was. I've, I studied Latin for like six years. I've always been a big fan of mythology and uh, Roman, like Hellenistic history. Uh, Gladiator is extremely historically inaccurate, um, <laughs> but they do get a couple of things right. Commodus was insane. Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job playing Commodus. Russell Crowe did a really good job playing Maximus, uh, even though the concept of Maximus was like fake. Um, what's interesting is kind of um, gladiators are more like glorified porn stars in Roman culture than they are like actual people who are enslaved and killed. If you're a white gladiator, if you're like a 
Roman gladiator, you were a celebrity. If you were a slave gladiator, yeah, your life was pretty bad. But um, gladiator was amazing. So it's uh, it's up there for me. It's also the first like R-rated film I saw, and I saw it with my dad. Um, so were you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> were you not? Like I still remember like uh, when Joaquin Phoenix walks up to Russell Crowe and he's like, "You will remove your mask and tell me your name." And he takes off the mask. He goes, "My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius." And then, like he goes through the whole thing. I know the speech. We're not gonna go over it right now. Do it, dog. Do it. No, Cut no, the no. promo. No, I'll cut the promo. Dude, cut the promo. No, no, no. Uh, so my second um, favorite movie is uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Good, yeah. Bruh, Bro, we're the same person. <laughs> Bill, and Ted's, Bill, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Adventure. Bill, and, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is like my go-to Keanu Reeves movie. Oh. I, I, I like John Wick a lot, um, but for me, like that one it, it taught me at a young yeah, age you know i just came so hard <laughs> you know that movie taught me from a very young age like be excellent to one another it's still hey. something i really try to like do i got a story i got an anecdote for that do you remember story. exactly where he was when you first saw that movie i was in middle school nice it's an experience so that's my number two 100 percent um number three uh i give it to this is actually my favorite Tarantino film. Um, so I give it to Django Unchained. Uh, yeah. okay. That's an honorable okay. mention for me, one. to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, this Great. was like, I had worked backwards with a lot of Tarantino films. Like I didn't see Kill Bill 1 and 2 until much later. Um, but Django Unchained was like the first Tarantino mo- movie I saw like when it had come out. So I thought it was really well done. Like everything about it for me was like really good. Like it really, to me, I don't know. I don't consider it like Tarantino's magnum opus, but I consider it like introduction to Tarantino. I think like if you want to know what he's all about, all of his core concepts are there. Yeah. Like, not to interrupt you, but seeing Jamie Foxx dressed in like super fancy white clothes, riding on that fucking horse <laughs> through the white plantation, like you cannot yeah. get any better than that. You know, a fun trivia about that movie. Denzel Washington and Will Smith both passed up that role before Jamie Foxx got it. Just so you Fools. Fools. Biggest biggest mistakes of their lives. Especially because Will Smith did After Earth. I feel like Will Smith... True. I feel like Will Smith would have fucking killed that role. He's no, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this role... I mean, hindsight is 2020. Of course we're going to say, oh, I don't think so. But like... I personally feel like Will Smith would have fucking killed that role. Yeah. I, for me, there's only a handful of action movies I appreciate Will Smith in. I Am Legend being one of them. But uh, no, for me, like that movie like has so many quotables. Like, the D is silent. I'm positive he did. I'm positive he did. Yeah. Like, I got two guns. I'm counting yeah, two I, guns. Oh, yeah. I count six shots. I count I two, two guns. guns. Like, yeah, you, right. you know, things like that. Like, I really liked... Um, yeah, I liked his mentor character a lot. I thought that was like really good. Oh, that he was a now too, right? Um, who, who who played him? Uh, Forgot the guy. R.I.P. Dog, he just died recently. What? The dude that played his mentor. He just died. Yeah, he's been dead for like two years. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know what he looks like in my head. I just don't know. Like I said, I don't know actors. The old guy from the wagon that teaches him how to shoot and shit. 
Christoph Waltz. Yeah, isn't he dead? No, not oh, at all. I was saying. I was like, like, I don't don't think no, sir. I told you, dude, this is a terrible superpower I have. I just kill random celebrities when I think they <laughs> Please, die. Please, do not I haven't kill. heard of him for a while, so he must be dead. <laughs> do not kill him off, please. Anyway, <laughs> so that's that's up there. And then um, my my Nolan film is The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yo, true. Mm-hmm. I got I a Nolan s- film for y'all. I saw, I saw The Dark Knight when I was really young, and t- for me, it still has my favorite opening scene in a, of any movie. That's one of the movies I use to like test picture quality, whether it's a TV or a Blu-ray player or like, because really? it, it, it's shot really well, you know, with the yeah. IMAX camera, with, you know, good, you know, resolution and stuff. So yeah, for me, like, it just blew my mind, like that whole opening scene of the bank robbery. Yeah. And then like mm-hmm. my favorite line from that movie is still like the bank teller coming out with a shotgun being like, do you guys have any idea who you're stealing from? You and your friends are dead. Like... <laughs> So, like for me like and a lot of times like what grabs me about movies is how people deliver their dialogue and their yeah. lines and like this dude this dude was a bank teller he's like he's freaking dead at like the end like of that scene but like he still has the most memorable one of the most memorable lines for me i think uh, tarantino does a good job with that though well that was nolan no no shit never mind I mean, he does. Most of Tarantino's characters die in the end, anyway. Yeah, yeah it's so. true. He's the definition of everyone dies at the end. Okay, and then after that, so that's four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more. I, I think my last movie has to be the original Charlie Chocolate, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Word. I can nice. absolutely appreciate that. I would say that that's my honorable mention. Uh, and for me, that was like. I, it, it's a movie I've watched over and over again, and like Gene Wilder, rest in peace. Like yeah, um, his 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 performance as you know Willy Wonka is like so great, and like a lot of his, um, for example, when he starts ranting at Charlie at the end, like you stole fizzy lifting drinks, you get nothing. Like uh, the director told Gene not to tell the actor who played Charlie that he was going to be doing all that, and so Charlie's reaction is one hundred percent genuine. And for me, Gene Wilder makes the movie not only because of his portrayal of Willy Wonka, because like I read the book thousands of times over before I saw the movie, but it's kind of like the things that he added, like the flair he added to Willy Wonka made him like, when you read, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you think of Willy Wonka as this, there's no way a man like him can exist. And to see him brought into existence by Gene Wilder, like, really made me, like, ecstatic. When Charlie puts the everlasting gobstopper on his desk and you hear him quote Shakespeare and go, so shines a good deed in a weary world, like, that still gets me. So, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, number five. And my honorable mention goes to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. The scene where you see um, Willy Wonka hobbling down the carpet and then him flipping. Um, But he talked to the director of this of he wanted the audience to know immediately that you can't fully trust him or he's not fully genuine because he's hobbling around. And then all of a sudden he like does a tumble roll and he's he's fine. fine. He's perfectly fine. So it's just a little nod of like an unreliable character. Right, and I think they really nailed the idea that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was supposed to be like the child's version of Dante's Inferno. That tunnel scene is supposed to be them going into hell. Which is what, which is why it freaked me out so much as a kid. Like the tunnel scene is concerning. Yeah, it's, it's concerning to a lot of people even nowadays. No wonder yeah. the second one was worse. 
it's it just it just never stacked up in my opinion and that's not to front johnny depp as an actor he's great but i don't think it needed a remake though it didn't it didn't need a remake it's different in the way that it focuses it, it focuses more on Willy wonka than charlie's experience which, exactly oh in, the in, windows? yeah huh. in the context of that i appreciated it Fair. where it's in another person's perspective that was one of the first books i've ever read charlie's and chocolate factory yeah that was one of the first live action movies I've ever actually like cognitive like consciously seen. Mm-hmm. Like I was cognizant while watching the movie and I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah. Just like conceptually, even as a kid, I feel like you can understand what's going on. It's easy to follow. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if I were to read the book, it's the same way. Right. Ronald Dahl is a wonderful writer. Yeah. I mean, he has a style where he can, I mean, he has gone darker. Like his produce, not producers, um, his editors told him to lighten up many things because he's a children's writer, but you can read it at any age. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he was also a war vet, so it makes sense. Yeah, that too. I mean, I, I love the book, The Witches, and there is a movie of it too, but I mean, there's, a, there's like the, in order to way to tell that a witch is a witch is if they have no toes on their feet. Right. In a normal children's, but you know, unless it's like yeah, a grim fairy tale type of right. thing, like that's not, you know, it's not fairy dairy. They're amputated <laughs> type of thing. So yeah, there's always this cool, mature skew on a lot of his stories, right? Which I really, really like. Yo, talk about okay. You so, talk about your man. What you spit that shit? What you feeling? What you feeling? Talk that. Spit it. Put it in a, put it in a, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, put it in a cypher. No. Right now. One of my favorite movies, there's going to be two movies I mentioned that are kind of like outside of the scope of like top five. It's more of like, I'm nostalgic about them and I've always had good experiences while watching those movies. True. Bloodsport. Oh, Jean-Claude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so soggy. And yeah, it, like, yeah, it has I such a, like, it, it's so stupid. <laughs> but it's, like, my favorite shitty 80s action film. It's like, so I, I definitely, I'll be the first one to admit, I definitely had a JCVD face. Dude, it, oh, me too. It's, like, the epitome of, like, machismo, like, 80s. Yeah, very so good. Yo, and I ain't gonna lie, dude. He was a good-looking dude when he was young. Hell like, yo, know, JCVD, yo, good-looking dude. great-looking dude. You know, good-looking guy. I ain't afraid to say that, man. He's a I'm not afraid dude. to say that shit. I'm comfortable with myself. Dude was very attractive. So, <laughs> he could get anything, man. I and mean, anyone. yo, look. He was in Friends. He was so awesome. Oh, he was right. himself in Friends. You're right. That's how awesome he is. And then, like, later in life, I learned he was, like, a fucking cokehead. Was he really? Yeah, he was like, he's had like three bypass surgeries because his heart is so scarred from doing coke in the 80s. Shit. Who, who, yeah. wasn't, who wasn't a coke? Shout out to Bob Pablo Literally, <laughs> literally Bloodsport? Literally Bloodsport. But Bloodsport is very near and dear to my heart. Like, my brother and I have always watched that movie for like shits and giggles. And like, one of the most powerful scenes in that movie for like little kid me is like when he's strung up. And like his master's like tightening like the rope and he's like stretching him apart and he's like, nah, fuck that. And he like breaks the rope and the wood and it's like a mind over matter. He's like, yeah. no, this is my body. Yeah. I control it. You are not my master. It was like 
the perseverance. Yeah. Like ten year ten year old me was like, yeah, that's the shit right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a real man. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say the time when like he threw the powder in his eyes and he's like. Remember the music Yo, and he beat the music? That, he beats that dude blind. He didn't even need to do anything. I still remember that scene. I actually, I am fearful of Chong Lee because he is a direct student from Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guy that he was facing yeah, in the yeah, end. Yeah. He, the he, was, he was a direct disciple of Bruce Lee. He was like one of the apostles almost. And that dude is scary because that dude was agile as fuck and he was my size. Yeah. He was huge. Yeah. That, oh. Bruh, <laughs> he is a very well-respected martial artist. That's crazy. Awesome. Is he number, still alive? Number two. Yeah. He, yeah, I hope so. He he's awesome. <laughs> he's don't awesome. Kill me, don't Saiyans kill him. don't die, man. Say- <laughs> <laughs> Saiyans don't die. Um, number two, the Friday series. Okay. Oh, I love the okay. Friday. Yeah, By Felicia? By Felicia, where the original Felicia. Friday... And your boy F. Gary Gray is the same dude that same guy that directed all the Friday movies is the same dude that directed Straight Outta Compton. Just in case dude. anybody didn't know that, F. I Gary feel Gray. like Friday is legendary and like Friday is like it's, I, legendary. it's been so, so it's become yeah. so mainstream that like you see like little white kid, white kids running out by Felicia like <laughs> you, bitch, know you even know where that came from exactly. Let me Half sit your ass know. down and give you some urban culture. Half the people in the world go buy yourself a VHS player. <laughs> No joke though, half the people in the world don't know where that came from. No, they don't. They're like, what is that? And it's like, like you know, that's from Friday. <laughs> so those are my two like really good, like super high, like they're in their own class okay. for independent reasons. My favorite Tarantino movie. Wow, everybody's had a Tarantino movie. Absolutely. You gotta have a Tarantino movie. Is a tie between my favorite I learned, I learned from you. I know, I know. I know. I'm, a di- I'm, being, I'm trying to be diplomatic. Inglorious Bastards. Okay. And Pulp Fiction. Oh! Just, right, and just because so I watched Pulp Fiction when I was really young, and I was like, what the fuck is going on in this oh movie? I have no idea what's <laughs> happening. But Samuel L. Jackson looks pretty cool, like quoting the Bible, like shooting people. Samuel so, L. Like, this is great. Jackson. I love that dude. <laughs> Which, by the way, that wasn't actually in the Bible. The one he made up? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's awesome. He, yo, Samuel L. Jackson is so awesome. He created verses in the Bible. He, he, he made you think Sam, that was the Sam, real Bible. Samuel L. Jackson retconned the Bible. <laughs> and that is fact. That is 100%. fact. 100% fact. No. He's um, so good. But Inglorious Bastards, yeah. yo, that movie is so good. Because it was such an original take on the Valkyrie project. Like, it was, like... They also talked about, like, mind control in that movie, too, right? With, like, astral projection. Or am I thinking of a different... Manchurian Candidate? I think I was thinking Manchurian Candidate. I think he's thinking... No. That's not a Tarantino movie. No, I think he's thinking about... I mean, there's a remake with Denzel. What were you saying, Adam? I feel like... uh, I feel like Faisal's thinking of The Man Who Stared Goats... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. I like the Manchurian candidate. Shout out Denzel. Denzel, um, yo. Oh, true. Independence no, Day is right. Oh, not Independence Day. Shit. Uh, training Day. Training Day. Training Day is right up there, too. No, no, no. OG Manchurian candidate. Black and white. Oh, when, uh, with Denzel? I've never watched that. Not with Denzel. No, the original one. There's one before it? I oh, heck yeah, there is. Oh, yeah. It's more messed up when you think about when it was made. <laughs> oh, 
That's crazy. Um, all right. Let's see that. English Bastards, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's great. Awesome. So good. So good. John. <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne. John Wick. Yes. One and two are probably my favorite action movies in the last 10 years. Easily. Talk about your boy. And, and I'll, I'll, let me, let me specify even more. My favorite Hollywood action movies. Because Hollywood ain't got nothing on Jackie Chan's fight sequences. He's GOAT of yeah. all time. Jackie Chan, I don't care what they say about The Rock. The Rock is not the greatest action hero of all time. That that title and strap will always belong to Jackie Chan as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what any... I, I would fight anyone like Tori would fight somebody <laughs> about calling Captain Kirk a womanizer. I, I, would, I would absolutely defend that. Because... Jackie Chan is the reason why there's fight scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Like, and if if you watch John Wick, it is choreographed as if Jackie Chan's spirit is in that movie and he didn't even do anything to it. Like, that is one of the reasons I love that movie as far as a Hollywood movie is concerned. That Those two movies. It's so good. And I gotta give you my favorite Will Smith movie. Oh, shit. Wild Wild West. After Earth. <laughs> bad boys. Bad boys. Actually, again, there's two. Men in Black. Don't say Men in Black. Actually, I really... Uh, it, Men in Black is in that category with Bloodsport and um, Friday. As far as like soggy, kind of fun movies. Like, yeah. like yeah. family. It's like family movie. I really, really, really enjoyed Six Degrees of Separation. That is one of nobody. Nobody has heard of that movie, but that's one of Will Smith's first movies. Will Smith is actually actually plays a gay guy in that movie. Hmm. Nobody knows about this. I found this movie. I discovered it, and it's one of my favorite Will Smith movies because it was. I think the movie was made right after, very soon after he got finished with uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I think that it was so progressive in the fact that he went from being Will from Fresh Prince to like a gay guy in New York. It was very interesting to see that. And I think it's probably one of his most underrated films of all time. The second one is Independence Day. Because I fucking love Independence Day. The first Independence Day, yo, that speech at the end. Oh. oh, Bro, that was a fucking badass promo. You motivate me. That was like better than Braveheart. Mel Gibson ain't got nothing on that promo. We fought fucking aliens. And like aliens. It's like it's like uh that scene. He made that one guy that was like a drunk farmer or whatever, the crop duster. He made him like so famous in that last scene where he like takes the 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 fighter jet and like goes up into the alien, like the spaceship, and the entire time he's yelling up yours and like the nuke goes off and like fucking explodes and the spaceship goes off and I'm like yes this is exactly what I wanted when I was 12 <laughs> these explosions alien explosions and I think it was also I'm, I'm gonna get a little bit more deeper deeper into the news um I had a very existential moment watching that movie when they were stuck in the, in the spaceship and they couldn't get out and they were like shit what do we do what do we do and they kind of just like accepted their fate like, hey, we might actually die right here. And then they, like, hit the nuke. And then we're like, oh, shit, we're okay. And then they left. I was like, oh, shit. They, like, just accepted their fate. They went through, like, all five emotions of, like, death and grief. 
and they were like, yeah, this is fine. And they smoked a cigar, and then they like pressed the button, and they were okay. And I was like, damn it, Hollywood, why do you have to ruin me? I gotta do this. All right. Oh, and I, um, you guys reminded me of two movies that are that were kind of special to me: Shawshank Redemption. True, true, classic. true. And uh, for some reason, I love this movie, and it resonates with me. I think it's because of my brother. Gone in sixty seconds. Okay. Yo, I fucked with Gone with sixty seconds. Yeah, when I was that's younger. a good movie. A good movie. It's Damn. like one of Nicolas Cage's. You know. Dude, you know what Nicolas Cage's best movie was? Adaptation. No. Con Air. Con and oh Con Air. God. Con Air. Or The Rock. No. I fucking face love off. The Rock. Face, face Off, off Son. Oh, face Come Off. On, the Rock? You guys didn't dig that movie? Did you guys ever watch that no, movie? No, because my first introduction to The Rock was the wrestler. And I went to Google, uh, when YouTube was very in its like early days, I typed in The Rock. And it showed me Nicolas Cage, and I got fucking pissed. I was like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> this, this is not The Rock. <laughs> I was so mad, because I was trying to find, like, wrestling matches and shit on YouTube. And, I, it, like, I type in The Rock, and it's, like, this white guy, like, <laughs> like the Nicolas Cage face. No, but it was uh, The Rock was also with uh, Sean Connery, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, man, shout, shout any, out, any day. Wow. Shout yeah, out so to good. Shout out. Roger Moore, R.I.P. You were one of the best Bonds ever, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, that was awesome. He was, he was great. The Rock got me really, by the way, the, uh, going back to The Rock, The Rock got really got me into it where I became really interested in the Alcatraz. I find that, that entire facility fascinating. Dude, I had an Alcatraz place. Yeah, I was I really, really, really interested in the Alcatraz. I had a Fort Knox place. Oh, shit. Dude, true. True. <laughs> All right, and I'll leave, you, I'll leave you with the last movie. And if anyone ever asks me, how do you want to die? It's how the uh, spoilers... Everyone dies at the end. It's how this guy dies at the end of this movie. Sunshine. It's mm -hmm. a good one. That that sci-fi space movie. Yes, yes. It's so good. Oh Sunshine was the movie that like propelled me to like like just suck physics. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if, if Leanne is listening to this podcast, she's never listening again. <laughs> Leanne. I, I don't care. Uh, no, it was... No, that movie, Sunshine, was so good. Like, it brought together so many different aspects of physics that I was just like, this is great. I hope they make more movies like this. And then I saw Interstellar, and I was like, fuck me up, bro. Dude, Sunshine but was so good. The end of Sunshine. I'm going to explain to you what happens in the end of Sunshine. What? And we'll fade off into the sunset. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. If you don't want to know what happens to this movie. If you haven't seen it. In the year 20-whatever-the-fuck, the sun's going out. So humanity gets together, makes like a bunch of, like, they get their resources together, and they, like, launch a nuke towards the sun so they basically build a rocket that like ah. is gonna throw a bomb into the sun to like create the fission accident again which I'm like yeah you know science, like, yeah, science. Like, that's exactly how it works science. and so it's basically a bunch of people on a spaceship going hurtling themselves towards the sun like yeah we got this and I you know of course their spaceship's name is Icarus because you know what more appropriate name could they give in that spaceship true Mm -hmm. and they get to like the little Stargate thing that they have over there and they find out that there was a first crew that tried to do this and they failed and like there's a survivor of the first crew and he's a bad guy and he's like a slasher type guy and tries to kill them all but eventually they make it to the sun <laughs> they make it to the sun 
and the guy he pushes the button <laughs> with this slasher type dude trying to come and attack him and shit he pushes the button and the nuke goes off while they're in the center of the sun does that make fucking sense <laughs> it goes off right and you just see like this beautiful wall of fire <laughs> and you, you see the sun and you see the bomb and he is in between the sun and the bomb <laughs> and there is so like the physics kayfabe explanation to this is that there was so much gravity and that he was in the set he was in the center of the creation of a star <laughs> that he was both alive and dead at the same time <laughs> and he was like he like reaches out <laughs> into the center of the sun and like touches the sun and like you just see like stardust fall across his hand and he just like does this number and like disappears <laughs> inside a fucking star that's like being born oh, and I think that that is the coolest way to die ever you literally died in the center of the sun in order to like maintain our solar system and I think I want to hear the initial pitch for this movie. Like, <laughs> it's not better than how movie. I just described it. <laughs> it's the core, but better. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah, it's it the really core, but way better. You should watch that movie, though. It's you should watch that movie. All right. No, actually, I'm not gonna lie. I tried to watch it like recently. It was so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> I would still give it like four point seven five stars. <laughs> <laughs> nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. The nostalgia goggles go on real hard. No. Soggy mango. Nostalgia. Mangoes. And in, in the end of the movie, right, they like have like a little slight flashback to the where the guy, he's talking to his son, and he's like, one day when you look up into the sky, you'll see me. And it's particularly bright that day. <laughs> you'll know that I'm always watching over you. And I was like, yeah, dog. Cheesy ass fucking line. That's Damn, I'm like, oh, yes. we're going That's it. Right that's what I wanted. We're going to Idaho. We're going to the <laughs> We're going to the White We're House. Going to the moon or the sun, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. What better way to sign off than that? Than riding into the sunset. <sighs> that Not important. just the sunset, the sun itself. Oh, oh trying to start us in our futures. We yeah. made from stardust. We made from stardust. Well, to say thank you, Michael. <laughs> it's been a. We are stardust. We will return to stardust. This is your episode. You should wrap up. <laughs> that chuckle that's it that's the wrap up <laughs> peace y'all oh. Adam died Adam did not die yeah, he did early. oh and like, spoilers for Sunshine by we the did. way we did that already we didn't do end spoilers oh peace y'all whatever the whole thing was a spoiler have a great night or day or day if you would like to educate us challenge us or provide feedback Write to us at our email, abvi.us.podcast at gmail.com, or tweet us at Obvious Podcast. Thank you.